0: Yo, 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 Big D with uh, another week four recap on the Big D Podcast. Before I bring in Alice, please, please subscribe, like, and share the Funky Spectrum Sports YouTube page. Thank goodness, got a power internet. But uh, our thoughts and prayers are with everybody affected by Hurricane Ian. So uh, this is for you, Southwest Florida. Also, check out the Big D Podcast. We are audio listeners on Spotify and Apple. So, uh, even though his Dolphins already lost on Thursday, Alex is back to, to talk a week for with me. So, Alex, uh, there were a couple interesting games yesterday. And uh, how about that quarterback jewel just up the road in Tampa between uh, Mahomes and Brady? That, that, that was okay, right?
1: Yeah, you know, we uh... – obviously, first of all, I hope, uh, I know we've got, I'm sure we have a big Fort Myers, uh, audience because, uh, that's your home base. So, uh, just a big shout out to the Fort Myers community, uh, sticking together. I've seen a lot of, uh, different restaurants and and places that have, you know, restaurants still standing, offering free food out to, uh, to just the community. So big shout out to the Fort Myers community for, uh, sticking together. I know there's some, uh, a lot of damage, a lot of hard times ahead, but, um, you know, it, it, it's a strong community. I, I was proud to be a part of it for, for a good amount of time. So I know everyone in Fort Myers, if you are able to listen to this, just know that, uh, that we are thinking about you and we are um, supporting you throughout this, this hard time. But speaking of, uh, you know, obviously that game in Tampa, we weren't sure if that game was going to be held in Tampa, but uh, we got the, the uh, NFL gave the green light about half, midway through that week. You know, it was uh, it was definitely a, shot, a shootout. I mean, as far as the Kansas City Chiefs go, you can't start a game much better than forcing a fumble in the opening kickoff. So uh, you think you're getting the ball to start the second half, and what do you know? You get the ball to start the first half too. But I mean, it was uh, you know the the young versus the old, the uh, the master versus the uh, the upcoming uh, face of the NFL. So it was a fun one for sure.
0: Yeah, if you think back to two years ago, they met in the regular season when Tiger Hill went for like 9 million yards in the first quarter. And then we remember the Super Bowl where the Bucs took advantage of a Harvard Chief offensive line and a Harvard Patrick Mahomes and won that game 31-9. So thinking back to last night, do you think it was more payback or more uh, and more erasing the memory of that awful night from the Super Bowl, if you will, Mahomes, Andy Reid, and the Chiefs.
1: You know, for me, I really just think my biggest takeaway from this game is that it—the Chiefs are just a better football team, in my opinion. I mean, I'm looking at the Bucs. Obviously, they're sitting at a two and two record. That's not where they want to be after uh, four games. But, I mean. Tom Brady is at the end of his career. I think we've all known it, obviously, with the uh, retirement announcement in this most recent off season, even though we took it back. Yes, and and if you look at the box score, if you just look at this game from the box score, you see Tom Brady thirty nine of fifty two, three hundred eighty five yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, and they got Patrick Mahomes twenty three of thirty seven, two forty nine, three touchdowns, one pick. I mean, statistically, it looked like Brady had the had the better game, but honestly that's why you can't always trust the stats because just from what I saw in that game it's it's magic Mahomes I mean the, the the play he threw to Edwards Hilaire I mean it's mad it's it's even you can't even do that in Madden it's it's some of the most ridiculous things that I've ever seen and Patrick Mahomes is I mean he's one of the most complete quarterbacks that we've ever seen in this National Football League Tom Brady as great as as his career was I didn't you know I mean, the big thing I, that I'm looking at this is especially, I mean, obviously the first play for the Bucks was a fumble on the kickoff. You can't take that into consideration, but their second drive, seven plays, 45 yards to get a field goal out of it. Then a, th- a three and out punt they had a nice touchdown drive, uh, six plays, 75 yards next drive, a fumble, another nice touchdown drive, then a punt, you know, it's just, it's not the Tom Brady cool, calm and collected offense that we've been used to seeing in his career. Um, I, I see the age, even on his first touchdown pass to Mike Evans, Mike Evans was wide open in the end zone. And that, that ended up being a harder catch for Mike Evans and a closer call than it should have been. I mean, you put that, if Brady puts that ball in the numbers, it's, it Evans doesn't even get touched. He falls in the end zone, but it was high. It was away. uh, credit to Mike Evans for making a great catch, but. I, just, I, I think, unfortunately, for a, a lot of NFL fans, we're, we're kind of seeing the decline of Tom Brady. Um, it's not as rampant as we saw in some recent quarterbacks. I mean, Drew Brees, his last season looked horrible. I don't think uh, Brady looks that bad. He still has that clutch uh, competitiveness, but um, it's just the Kansas City Chiefs are younger. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is in the prime of his career, and uh, it's just – you know whether it's whether it's 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 bad feelings from the Super Bowl or whatever. I just I just the Kansas City t- uh, offense uh, in particular, especially with uh, uh, Andy Reid, it's just it's it's a fun offense to watch, and it's it's a hard team to beat.
0: You must have watched it. You and I must have watched a different games because I thought Tom Gray looked great last night. I mean, Chiefs threw a lot of pressure, a lot of different blitz, but boy looked great behind a mismatch behind a. Frappy offensive line. Mike Evans was great. It looked like he was making plays. I mean, Tampa's offense looked okay. But the big storyline was Mahomes. And not just Mahomes, but Travis Kelsey. And uh, despite Kansas City Chiefs trading a Tyreek Hill, they a team I'm not going to talk about right now. Kansas City's offense looked like it always does. I mean, Kelsey making plays, and Diaz, Juju making plays, Sky mole, but there is no better offense in mind than Andy. Reed. And when we saw that play where Mahomes spun around and did a little dope and found Clyde with I mean, he is like, if there were, if there were a football horse competition, I think Mahomes would win it.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and uh, just to kind of back, back up what I was saying there, I'm not saying that, that, that Tom Brady is is a bad quarterback. I'm not saying that he's he's completely fallen off. It's just it's it's not the Tom Brady that we've seen over over his entire career. I see the age coming in a little bit. I see a little bit less pocket presence. It's just it's not. It, you've got Tom Brady, who as successful as a quarterback as he has been in his career you know he's on the decline you know this is going to be his last season and Patrick Mahomes is just in the prime of his career it's just it's it's two guys who are in different different uh parts of their of their career and and unfortunately for uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh yesterday uh the team with the younger quarterback and this and the face of the NFL right now came out on top
0: but to me the big difference for Kansas City last night was not just Mahomes but Kansas City's running game because we all remember – we're used to seeing Andy Reid being pass-first coach. But yet the Chiefs ran the ball for 189 yards last night. The Bucs, well, mm-hmm. they barely ran them <laughs> all. They ran the ball six times for three yards. And I get this. no Greg, who uh, ran one of Kansas City's touchdowns, got more rushing yards than Lenny Fournette. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it was definitely, and that's a great point. I mean, you know, and you think about Clyde Edwards Hilaire too. I mean, uh, the fantasy darling of, of his week one. I mean, I remember uh, back his rookie year when, I mean, he took the league by storm that that week one of the season, put up at least I think 40 points in that first game. And uh, obviously uh, people have faded off of him a little bit. He's dropped in fantasy drafts this season. People didn't seem to be able to trust him, but, I mean, it's, it sure looks like Andy Reid's trusting him because he is giving Clyde Edwards-Hilaire opportunities. He's giving him the ball in in those goal line situations. Patrick Mahomes seems to trust him, and uh, I think fantasy uh, fantasy man, managers are starting to trust Clyde Edwards-Hilaire a lot as well. But and it's that, definitely a good point about that.
0: And that Isaiah Pacheco guy's is something too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I know. I know you were trying to target him in the last couple of rounds of uh, some best ball leagues and uh, and some deeper uh, fantasy league teams as well.
0: Ooh. Obviously, Kansas City has to retired the kill Killers old number.
1: Yeah, yeah, right about that. I mean, you know, it's uh, Cheetah was great for him, but I think it it takes a special kind of career to retire a number for, uh, for a for team like that. But uh, any any uh last bits of uh comment on the on the uh, Kansas City Tampa game?
0: I'm guess I'm guessing, you know in a way people think of top young quarterbacks, uh, Josh Allen. Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Colin Murray, and Mahomes guy is okay.
1: Yeah, he's not I mean, bad. I mean, he's
0: only playing the last four UFC championship games. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Uh for Tampa, you know, they've got a they've got a matchup uh next week with the uh, Atlanta Falcons are coming who are coming in off a off a win this week. The uh, Kansas City Chiefs have a division matchup against the Las Vegas Raiders. So uh we'll see, we'll see how those teams, two teams uh how Tampa Bay bounces back next week and uh, if Kansas City can keep the momentum going against division rival. But, uh, By so, the way,
0: Falcons, please throw the ball to Kyle, P- uh, Kyle <laughs> Pitts
1: and Drake, London. I'm not going on another rant. I know you're not, but I, that might be something I might bring up in a little bit shortly. But uh, uh, let's move on. Uh, another game I want to talk about this week. Uh, obviously, there was a lot to pick from. But, um, you know, if 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 anyone listening to this has a bet slip for the first NFL rookie quarterback to throw a touchdown pass this season being Bailey Zappi of the new, of the new England Patriots. Please show me those bet slips and enjoy your payday because how about the performance from the new England Patriots, third string quarterback against the uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers of all people in the green Bay Packers, obviously uh, the Packers ended up pulling out that game in overtime, but if you would have told me that, that that the, the New England Patriots third string quarterback Bailey Zappi would have taken Aaron Rodgers to overtime. I would have said that you were out of your mind. How about that uh, performance from uh, from the young New, uh, New England quarterback, the one not the one that we uh, have been talking about so much, and uh, his uh, counterpart Aaron Rodgers on the other side of the field.
0: Well, it's funny you mentioned this game because before the game, we made a, we made a bet. <laughs> it was I knew a $25 bet. You took Green Bay minus nine and a half. I took doing a plus nine, plus nine and a half. Yep. And I know you, you were thinking when the game went to overtime, ah, I'm not going to say. Yeah. You were you were thinking, even if you New know, Green Bay kicked the field goal, scored it on a touchdown, you were done anyway.
1: You were yeah. done. I even texted you when that game went in overtime. I I knew it. I said, watch green Bay is going to kick a field goal on the opening drive and then have a pick six and not kick the extra point. And I'm just going to lose it by half a point. Obviously it, uh, it it didn't quite hit the spread as close as I thought, you know, you even, you called new England outright. I mean, the bet was, the bet was definitely for the spread. So I, uh, I manned up and I paid you for that. But um, you know, I, I I was, I was impressed by Bailey happy. I'm not going to lie. I mean, he, you know, there was a couple situations, obviously the strip sack, uh, the pocket presence was nowhere to be seen on that play, but um, you know, he, he made some plays. He uh, hit Devonte Parker for a nice touchdown. I mean, he kept, he kept the new England Patriots, a team who has been struggling this season. I mean, they still didn't come out with the victory. They're at a one and three record bottom of the AFC East, but uh, you've got to, at least, uh, you know, there's gotta be some talking from some of those talking heads in uh, new England, uh, new England radio this week about, Maybe, maybe the New England Patriots drafted the right guy. just wasn't exactly the guy they thought. I don't know. I mean, do you think – obviously, I mean, it's Mac Jones's team. Do you think Bailey Zappi's performance and, and possibly, depending on if Mac Jones, when Mac Jones comes back, is there any sort of conversation here or is, there, is it Mac Jones' team?
0: It's Mac. You don't draft Mac with the 15-football pick and have him ride the pine to this guy. Yeah. By the way, the big question to me might not be based on New England's quarterback situation, but Green Bay. Because Aaron Rodgers has not looked good this year through a bad pick six yesterday. And yeah, Green Bay made a nice comeback at the end. But I don't know about you, Alex. The Packers don't look like a super contender. Green Bay doesn't even look like the best team in the NFC. No, I told you Minnesota was going to win the division. Yeah. I don't. The Packers right now miss Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams misses Aaron Rodgers because he's playing a crappy. He's playing a crappy team in Las Vegas. Are the Green Bay Packers? Are they? I mean, we used to seeing the Green Bay Packers as a bonafide Super Bowl team. Are the Packers even a contender in the NFC this year? I don't think so.
1: I mean, contender for the NFC or contender for the playoffs? Because I, if I'm a oh. Packers, fan, yeah, I mean, if I'm a Packers fan right now, I'm I'm looking at my at my schedule coming up, saying we. I mean, yes, we pulled out this game against new England, but new England is not a very good football team. I think it's been pretty safe to say throughout uh, the first four weeks of the season. And I'm sorry, Dave, I know you're going to be listening to this and you're not going to be too happy with that comment, but you know, it's, it's the truth of the matter. They didn't address their needs in the off season. They have, you know, Mac Jones had a great second half of the stretch last season, but he started off slow this year. It's, it's just, I'll tell you what, I'm not worried about either of these teams. Uh, Three weeks or four weeks ago, uh, before the, the kickoff of the NFL season, I was looking at that Miami Dolphins Green Bay Packers Christmas Day game, and I was nervous about it. Today, I think the Miami Dolphins can take the Green Bay Packers, and I really wouldn't even be too concerned about it. Yes, Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers. He can put. He's one of the most accurate quarterbacks in, in the NFL. He can make a play happen in an instant. But that team as a whole, I mean, we've been and we've been talking about this throughout throughout the first couple of weeks of the season. I do not know what Matt LaFleur and the offensive coaching staff is doing by not getting the ball in Aaron Jones's hands as much as possible. He had 16 carries yesterday, 110 yards. He had a he had a good day rushing the ball, but he still only had three receptions. I mean, these vacated targets that Devontae Adams has left for that Green Bay offense. I mean, yes, Alan Lazard, six catches, 116 yards. He had a good game, but also the game went in overtime. So those numbers are going to be at least a little bit inflated. There was a couple of drives in that overtime, I just do not understand. I mean, we saw Aaron Jones play, lining up at wideout plenty of times last season. Why not have A.J. Doan in the backfield, have Aaron Jones running routes, he, even have both of them in the, off, in the um, backfield, motion Aaron Jones out. He, I, I just, I, he, Aaron Jones is the most dy- dynamic player on that Green Bay Packers offense, and why their offense is not focused around him is just blowing my mind.
0: Somebody explain that course, because I mean, yeah, Green Bay's three and one, but I've got a lot more question about Green Bay than a few other teams, like like uh, even though the, the Ravens blew fourth quarter lead yesterday, I've got fewer questions on the Ravens than I do the
1: Packers. And I'm I'm right there with you on that sentiment. I mean, at least the Ravens, at least with the Ravens, you see what their plan is, you see what their what their offensive game plan, what their what their style of football is, what they're what until they it's
0: fourth down.
1: Until it's fourth down or the fourth quarter. But I mean, we still see what the Baltimore offense is. I'm looking at this Green Bay Packers offense, and it, it seems like every week, it, it's just a, a different combination of, of ideas that, that they're trying to throw together. And yes, it's worth. I mean, yes, they're three and one. But like you said, I mean, it's just it it's not a team that scares me. If I'm in the NFC, it's not a team that scares me as far as the playoffs go. And uh, if I'm again, if I'm the Miami dolphins looking at that Christmas day game, I mean, obviously a lot of it relies on what happens with the Tua situation, but I'm, I'm, I'm a lot less worried about that green Bay Christmas day game than I was four weeks ago.
0: Okay. Alex, so we're a quarter of the way, about a quarter of the way through the season. What, which team has been the biggest surprise in 2022?
1: Uh, good, good or bad. We start good. I mean, I would have to say, I would have to go with the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, I think we knew that the Eagles were going to be a good football team, but I don't think we really were ready for how good the Philadelphia Eagles were actually going to be. I mean, they did, you know, this game this week. Obviously, your Jacksonville Jaguars. You put up a fight, and it was a it was a you know an eight point finish. I think uh, the Jack the Jaguars blew a couple a couple opportunities there to make it an even closer game. But um, I mean, the Philadelphia Eagles with Jalen Hurts, uh, with AJ Brown, with with Miles Sanders even running the ball well. It's 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 a team that that is really. I expected them to be good, but I wasn't sure how good they were going to be. And they are much better than, uh, much better than I anticipated at the very least. I mean, want to shoot out with the lions week one kept Justin Jefferson and the Minnesota Vikings offense to absolutely nothing in week two, uh, pretty much controlled from start to finish that game against the commanders. And, and, you know, you always got to have those squeak ones, but being able to pull out the squeaky ones is what makes the good football teams, what separates the good football teams from the bad football teams. And and Jacksonville's no slouch this, this season either, as we've seen. Uh, so I definitely got to give a big shout out to the Philadelphia Eagles.
0: I think you've got the right team, but you've got, I think you've got the right division, but you've got the wrong team. How about the yeah. New York football
1: yeah. giants? You're right about that.
0: And maybe more importantly, how about Saquon Barkley? Because if you drafted Saquon Barkley this year, uh, you look, you're look looking pretty good because all the other first-round running backs have been crap. Let's see. Yep. John and Taylor. her, Christian McCaffrey. Najee Harris. Back. Yep. Dolphin yep. Cook. Back. Yeah. Devontae Williams. 20 ACL out for the year.
1: Even Joe Mixon, he's been okay, but he hasn't been, you know, as productive as we, as we might have expected from him. And, I mean,
0: and by the way, the Giants – The, the Giants – well, Austin Eckler got three touchdowns yesterday, but yeah. he played the Texans.
1: But McCaffrey had a good day yesterday too, I mean. But it's still not the sat lines that we're expecting out of these first-round guys.
0: You look at what Saquon's doing. He's doing this behind not the best offensive line. No quarterback. I mean, Danny Jones and Tyron Taylor both went out yesterday. Uh, you might be playing wide receiver for the Giants in London next week. Yeah. But the Giants are three and one, and Bill Paul Sills used to say, You all, what your record says, you all. But I don't know how the Giants are three and one. But as long as Saquon Balkman makes it to London next week, the Giants are all in play.
1: Yeah, I mean Saquon Barkley obviously is a big is is probably the biggest reason why the Giants are three and one. But I mean, you got to give credit to Brian Dable. I mean, with with this most recent head coach uh, new hiring cycle, uh, Brian Dable was the number one guy on my list for the Miami Dolphins when that uh, before I I knew a whole lot about Mike McDaniel and the guy is an offensive genius. I mean, uh, he's he's proven it. He proved it in Alabama. You know, it's it's the man. Obviously, did, does not have a lot to work with with the New York Giants offense. He's very thankful, I'm sure, for Saquon Barkley uh, kind of regaining the form that we that we know that that Saquon Barkley can play at. But, you know, it's it's I, I give a lot of credit to Brian Dayball just for putting those Giants and in, in the, in the opportunity, giving them the opportunity, building those game plans and really setting them up for success. But uh, I want to know, you know, we talked about a a team that surprised us for the good this season. I want to hear about a team that, uh, you know, might have had some higher expectations and are definitely uh, falling short of that. Who you got?
0: Well, Alex, uh, the Indianapolis Colts befuddled me. I mean, yeah, Indianapolis has gotten off to four starts in the past, but this this is a big surprise. So one, wait. One, two, and one. Sounds sounds like a Premier League score yeah. line, one, two, yeah. and one. But uh, the Colts are bad. The offensive yeah. line is bad. Matt Ryan looks like he's about 75 years old. He can't move. I mean, you go from – I mean, everybody wants to complain about how Colts Wentz ended the season. But at least Colson Wentz was somewhat mobile and could throw the ball. Matt yeah. Ryan looks like he's – 75 years old. Every time the defense gets anywhere near him, he fumbles the ball. Yeah. Like, he can't move. John Taylor was probably the the one-on-one in a ton of drafts. And let me tell you his stat line the last two weeks. 21 carries, 71 yards. And yesterday, 20 carries, 42 yards. Oh, and just to make things worse for fantasy owners, he also did something we not we don't like with running backs. He fumbled. Yep. Oh yeah, and he's got a high ankle sprain and may not play Thursday night. Yeah. So there's your one-on-one.
1: Yeah. Plus Shaquille Leonard on the formerly Darius Leonard on the defensive side of the ball has been banged up too. you know, I completely agree with you. The Indianapolis Colts were going to be my pick for this segment too, but I don't blame you for jumping on them for that. It's just, I mean, I've always been, I've always been a big Matt Ryan fan. I've always, uh, he's always been a player who I've I've been watching and been always just kind of had uh, some sort of admiration too. And he, I mean, it's just, it's bad. It's bad on all counts. Jonathan Taylor is gotta be, the biggest fantasy football disappointment this season. There's been a lot of them, but I know he's got to be at the top of the list because, like you said, I mean, he's the one on 101 in pretty much every single fantasy football draft. Another, as far as disappointing, I'm gonna kind of pull something up on the fly here because I did prep for the Colts there. But um, how about other than the than the Kansas City Chiefs, the rest of the AFC West? Because I just, you know,
0: you're going to talk about the Broncos in general, because what the, you know, what has happened in Denver?
1: Yeah. I mean, and we were talking, I mean, we, when we were going through our division recaps before the season started, we spent so much time talking about how the AFC West and now the AFC best. I mean, it's the best quarterback division we've ever seen. And look at where we are now, obviously Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas city chiefs are three and one. They're looking great, but the Vegas Raiders, I mean, we had such high expectations for the Raiders. Josh Jacobs blew up yesterday, finally got the Raiders a win. Um, but, you know, the, it's just the the chemistry between – uh, David Carr and Devontae Adams just doesn't seem to be there yet. Darren Waller can't get going. We just, it, the, the Raiders are not who we expected them to be. The Denver Broncos have been a shell of who we expected them to be. Russell Wilson in, in blue and orange, it's just, it's not looking very good for them right now. Obviously the Devontae Williams news is massively detrimental to uh, their hope for the rest of the season. Fortunately, they have a nice veteran running back in Melvin Gordon, who could hopefully uh, carry some of that load, but, it's not he looking. If he doesn't
0: fumble for the fifteenth straight week,
1: I know it's. It, it's just. I mean, Vegas is looking poor. Denver's looking poor. Even the Chargers. I mean, they 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 got the win this week. We know they've been banged up, but the Chargers are banged up every season. We've talked about it time and time again. And you know, they beat the Houston Texans this week. I'm not going to give them massive amounts of credit for beating for beating the Houston Texans in 03 and 1 football team probably one of the worst teams in the league. They lost to I mean not even lost got blown out of the water by your Jaguars last week. Uh, we know that the Chargers have talent. We know Justin Herbert's a good quarterback, but um, based on these injuries and just based on on, on just some disappointing football. I'm going to have to put my disappointment other than the Annapolis Colts on 75% of the AFC West division.
0: All right, so uh, if you know us, uh, we like to rant. I mean, you heard, you've heard uh, yours truly go off the last couple weeks, so I figured I'd let Alex go off because, because I know he's pissed at uh, what's happened with the two situation and um, what the two should have played against the Bills a week and a half ago and one Thursday night, but uh, – Alex is steaming and I know he's ready.
1: Yeah. So you've had a couple of rants over the last couple of weeks. I've sitting here and uh, I've given you the floor here, but now it's my turn because I'm pissed off. I'm pissed off at the national football league as a whole. I'm pissed off at the media, the national, whether it's the analysts you see on Sundays, whether it's the guys you're seeing in the studio on ESPN NFL network throughout the week, or I'm pissed off at, NFL fan media on Twitter, the keyboard warriors who have so much to say, who have never played a down of football in their life. All of it. It is all accumulated into this, into this rant. I have seen the Miami Dolphins were a team that never got covered by the Media and for good reason. We never, up until Tua Tonga got drafted, there was really no reason for the for the media to cover the Dolphins. We hadn't done anything since Marino retired. We made the what other than a Chad Pennington season and and Tom Brady getting hurt for the year. I mean, our, those were our two playoff appearances since I started watching football. I mean. Finally, once Tua get, got, once the Miami Dolphins drafted Tua, you know, uh, the Dolphins started getting in the headlines just because of how electric Tua was as a, as a college football quarterback and, um, you know, coming off the injury uh, with Alabama, the, the, the very bad hip injury, the Miami Dolphins finally started getting a little bit more recognition in the media. They started getting a couple of playmakers and um, it all started becoming more, uh, you started seeing the Dolphins on ESPN a little bit more frequently. Bring on this most recent offseason. Obviously, the uh, acquisition of Tyreek Hill catapulted Miami, the Miami Dolphins into the spotlight. And it was all these people saying Tyreek Hill is just chasing the bag. He doesn't care about the Kansas City Chiefs. All he cares about is money. Tua can't throw the ball deep. Tua, what is Tyreek Hill thinking? He gave up a Super Bowl just to go uh, get a payday. Tua's is not going to be able to hit him. And then what happened the first three weeks of the season, the Miami dolphins go off to a three and O record become the top team in the NFL. Uh, as of now, the still the top ranked team in the AFC and then the Buffalo bills game happened. Everyone's seen it Tua to a of low, gets hit. I would say late from Buffalo bills, uh, defensive player, Matt Milano to his head hits the dirt, stands up, buckles, stumbles. And after that moment, everything has gone has flipped on their heads since that play. And since Tua coming back into that game, all of the heat has been on the Miami Dolphins organization, Mike McDaniel, and really just the Dolphins as a whole, why they would put Tua back in that game. Fast forward to Thursday, why Tua is starting on Thursday night football against the Kansas city Bengals. But this is where the rant comes in. The NFL and their employee, the independent neurological doctor that tested Tua Tungabailoa during that Buffalo Bills game, has screwed the Miami Dolphins. It is the NFL's fault. This is an NFL problem. This has nothing to do with the Miami Dolphins. Tua goes out late in the first half, misses the very next drive. Tua, or Teddy, t- Teddy Bridgewater those two batting completions, takes a sack, and then it's halftime. The Miami Dolphins had that defensive drive when Tua was in the locker room. Plus, all of halftime for Tua to be tested for a concussion, for Tua to go through concussion protocol, and Tua was cleared after the game. Mike McDaniel's uh, comments are that Tua hurt his back on a quarterback sneak after the hit from Matt Milano. His back locked up; he lost his balance; he stumbled. People didn't believe it. I understand. From I immediately when I saw the play, I said Tua has a concussion; he's out for the game. Well, after seeing the reports from Mike McDaniel and after hearing that he clears concussion protocol at halftime, what is Mike McDaniel supposed to do? If a independent neurological doctor tells you that he has cleared concussion protocol, he doesn't have a concussion and he's good to play, what is Mike McDaniel gonna do? It is, at this point, it is listed as a back injury. It's a pain tolerance issue. The fact that keyboard warriors on Twitter And the national news media in general are coming after the Miami Dolphins saying that the Dolphins need to be stripped of all their draft picks next season, have to be fined, have to fire Mike McDaniel, have to fire the entire coaching staff, have to fire the, 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 The medical, the entire Dolphins medical team is ridiculous. The NFL has done this to to Tua Bailoa. The Miami Dolphins did not do this to to Tua Bailoa. A first year rookie head coach is not going to put his his face of the franchise, franchise quarterback on the field with a concussion. He's not going to make that call. That's a career that's, that's, that's ruining your head coaching career before it even starts. Mike McDaniel was told by an independent neurologist that Tua was good to go back into that game. He cleared he took he went through concussion protocol every day of that upcoming game until Thursday, passed every single one of those games and started the game on Thursday. Mike McDaniel had said in a said in an a said in, a, in, a, in an interview, if my, if Tua isn't diagnosed with a concussion, how am I supposed to handle this situation am i how what is the pro what is the process what is the protocol here if he's not diagnosed with a concussion i cannot treat this as a concussion i have to treat this as a back injury it's a pain tolerance issue it's a can't is he in enough pain to be able to play that game he was he was feeling good enough to play that game against uh against the cincinnati bengals it's unfortunate it it sucks what happened. Uh, trust me, as a Miami Dolphins fan, I hate seeing what happened to it. I'm still hoping he's okay. You don't know the long-term effects of, of a concussion. It's a it's a case-by-case basis. And we really don't know what's going to happen with Tua Tungabailo. But the NFL owes the Miami Dolphins. It's not the other way around. The Dolphins don't shouldn't be stripped of draft picks, they shouldn't have to fire their head coach. The NFL needs to compensate the Miami Dolphins and compensate Tuatonga Valoa because they could they could have, and we still don't know yet, could have ruined his career. Chuatonga Valoa may never play football in the NFL again. He could put a helmet on going back to practice next week, get a migraine, and the next thing you know, he's done. I mean. It's it's blasphemous that that a the dolphins are getting the heat for this and b that the nfl has already admitted that they made the mistake they've already fired the the, the independent independent neurological uh, doctor that that made that call in the in the bills game it's just it's shocking to me how the nfl media the fans how everyone is making this a miami dolphins issue and this is an nfl issue and it's one with with monstrous monstrous repercussions uh what's the word i'm looking for uh
0: repercussions
1: repercussions. i mean it's we know what cte can do to nfl players former nfl players we've seen it we've seen that we've seen the stories we've seen what happened with junior south there's been so many situations the nfl needs to get on top of this they've already started revising the rules which is a good step forward but they're really just covering their butt but i'm sick of the NFL national media, the, the keyboard warriors on Twitter, saying that this is a Miami Dolphins issue. The Miami Dolphins love Tua Tungvaluwa, that, that his teammates love Tua, and this we, the Dolphins would not put Tua in this situation if, if it wasn't for the, the blatant error made by the independent neuros- neurological doctor and the National Football League.
0: Woo, you're steaming. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks for having on, Alice. We hope to get back soon. Uh, I don't believe we will play week five against the Jets, but hopefully you will be back soon. And, uh, wish you, and we wish your Dolphins well. And stop being me in fantasy. That coming.
1: <laughs> thanks for having me, Dylan. Fins up, baby.